and welcome to Living Proof, the teaching ministry of Joseph Castile. We encourage you to listen to today's message over and over again so that the Word of God will be in your spirit. Be a blessing, share it with your friends, and we pray that you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We also invite you to visit us online at www.anifbeijing.com. If you're raised in the church, and you're raised a good church person, Christian person, but towards the end of your life, if you veer off, you will not be saved. But if you start off a, a, a bad person, but you change to become a good person in the Lord, you become a saint, you get saved, that then you'll be saved. You'll be accepted in heaven. So someone who's lived their whole life as a Christian, but in the end, he that endures to the end, they turn, they will go to hell. But if they started off, oh, I thought that was another pizza coming. Hallelujah, I'm hungry. But if they started off a Christian life, and then they ended up not serving God or into the wrong things, they can end up going to hell, even though they lived uh, a large portion of their life in the church. They could be 20 years in the kingdom, in the church, for two, three years walk away and get hit by a car and die and end up in hell. Which brings us to... The thought, can somebody lose their salvation? And this sermon is not about losing your salvation, but I do want to address this because this is uh, something going viral, discussion going viral on Facebook this week. And you cannot lose your salvation such as you lost your keys. Like I lost my keys. Where did I leave them? Oh my gosh. But you can walk away from your salvation. You could once know God, once taste the heavenly gift, once eat of the good word of God, once try of the powers of the world to come, but then walk away. And the Bible tells us that if we do that, there's no more sacrifice for us, seeing that we've crucified afresh, openly, the Son of God. The Bible says in Revelation that if you take anything away from this book of the law, that your name will be taken away from the book of life. So if your name was taken away, that means it must have once been written. So if you were once written in the scrolls of heaven as, as dedicated your life to Christ, being born again, but then you do that trespass, he says your name will be taken away, erased from the book of life. That's why we don't fully embrace the Calvinist view of predestination that you, if you're predestined to be saved, no matter what you do in your lifetime, you could curse Jesus, worship the devil, and you'll still go to heaven if you're predestined. We don't embrace that view, okay? Because it's unbiblical. We see very clearly all throughout scriptures that Christians can partake of God's wrath just like the unbeliever if they do and live like the unbeliever doesn't live. And the apostle Paul goes on to say, how do you think you can judge those who are without for doing the same things that we do within? We can't do that. And think that just because we're Christians, we can do what the sinners do and get away with it. The Bible says, God forbid. Amen. So it's no such thing as once saved, always saved. We must endure to the end. And let's take a look now at what the Bible says here. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. 
we have to endure. How many Muslims or how many just people now? Now, you don't even have to be Muslim to face persecution. Now, just be a Christian in America and you face persecution. Be a Christian in Canada. You know, when I was in uh, Laos, I was in this hotel in Laos. It was Laos or Vietnam. And I might have been Vietnam, actually. And I'm walking past the United Nations was having a conference in the hotel. So you have this European or American woman, British woman, I think she was, from the UN, and she's training all these diplomats. And there were Saudi diplomats, excuse me, not Saudi, Sudanese, Sudanese diplomats, Bangladesh, Nepali, uh, Malaysian. There were all these diplomats there. And it was on human rights. So I'm having my breakfast, and I overhear the, the instructor from the UN She's having, uh, there's about a long table like this, actually double the length, and there's about 30 diplomats eating with her. And she's just talking as she's eating. And she says, I think I told you guys this story, right? Did I tell you? And she says, what country were we in? Was it Vietnam? I was in Vietnam. Oh, okay. She says this. She says, you know who the most dangerous people in, in the West are? The most dangerous people to Western values? And they said, who, what? She said, the born-again Christians. She said, they're the most wicked and the most dangerous people to Western values and to our civilization. And we have to stop the crazy Christians. If you have the title deed in the natural, it means you own the substance. So Hebrews 1 says, if you have the title deed, if you own it in faith, if you own it in your spirit, man, you already own the substance. Call now and get Joseph Castillo's Blessings and Curses CD series, which includes almost six hours of in-depth Bible teaching and inspirational preaching on how to identify curses in your family, how to release the blessing of God, canceling genetic curses. This is an exclusive offer for our Living Proof audience. Yours for a donation of only $49. Shipping and handling are included. In addition, order and we will throw in a free USB thumb drive for your computer along with your CD set. This is what the United Nations lecturer was training and teaching the diplomats from all the other countries. So I got up and unfortunately I didn't brush my teeth yet and I didn't brush my hair yet and they're dressed up like diplomats, you know, nice clothes, jewelry and you know, I'm sleeping to 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, so I got my pajamas on, my shirt is like hanging off my shoulder, my hair is messed up, I walk over there 400 pounds, I say, hey lady, shut your mouth! (laughs) I said, how dare you get a salary from the united nations and you're teaching these people racism and you're teaching them that not to say racism what's the other word bigotry not racism but what do you call it prejudice teaching them prejudice against christians how dare is that what they pay you for and everyone was like (laughs) like it's just shocked So then I went to my room, took a shower, put on my suit and tie, came back down, 
And the lady stopped me in the foyer. She says, excuse me, sir. She says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're right. That was very prejudiced. I shouldn't generalize. Not all Christians are dangerous. Just those Bible-believing, gun-carrying Christians are dangerous. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, ma'am, you're supposed to be here teaching them not to be prejudiced, not to discriminate against uh, human rights, against people's sex or color or religion. And here you're teaching them exactly prejudice against the Christians. She said, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I said, I should report you to the UN. But probably the UN espouses her beliefs. But anyways, nowadays it's persecution just to be a Christian. Thank God I should move to Africa where Christianity is the norm. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. But in the West, they're backslidden. In the Europe, they're backslidden. Amen. And that's why God's sending many Africans to Europe. Hallelujah. As missionaries, whether for studying or for businesses or immigration, but they need to be missionaries in a lost white world. Amen. Amen. So now, because of being hated of all men for Christ's sake, people tend to shy away from their testimony, tend to start to deny Christ, tend to try and compromise their lifestyle. And if they do that, in the end, they will not be saved. So we have to maintain our faith and our testimony, whether we're in a liberal Western country, whether we're in an Islamic environment or a communist nation, our faith must be endured under all and any persecution. It's time for Christians to get some grit. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 1 through 3. Let's take a look at this here. It says here, and I don't know if you could, if I made this, if it made it large enough. Can you see this back here, honey? Yeah. It says here, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying this, thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, say formed it, to establish it, say to establish it. The Lord is his name. You don't have to say that. I'm just reading now. (laughs) Call unto me, God says, and I will answer thee. And I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Say, which thou knowest not. Amen. So we see here that, number one, God forms things. So we understand that God forms things, and we see here that he forms things to establish things. So when God begins to do a work in the world, whether it's in your life, whether it's in a city, whether it's in a country, whether it's in a family, when God begins to form something, he does it with the intention of establishing it. The devil, of course, always wants to abort it. He wants your seed to be aborted. He wants to destroy the fruits of your ground. But when God forms something, it's with the full intention to establish it. Amen. Secondly, we see that there are mysteries that God wants to reveal to us. 
He says, call to me and I will answer thee and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Other versions of the Bible says that have not been revealed to you or things, I'll show you things that have been concealed. So there's mysteries, there's things concealed to you, there's things not revealed to you that God says he wants to reveal to you. And he challenges us to call to him. But first, we must take action upon the things that God has already told us, the things that God is forming in our life. We have to first take action on those things, and we secondly have to establish those things in our life before he will give us more. We must begin to act on what we know before God gives us mysteries about things we don't know. Does that make sense to you? Kenneth Hagin, I was with the, the Hagin people for th- uh, two weeks, 20 Hagin people, people that have been there that, 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 you know, Kirk used to sweep his floor in his house with, you know, and vacuum his floor and, and was in, in all the meetings and stuff and so forth. And so I got a lot of in, interesting inside information. But one of the things Kirk told me is that Hagin told the church before he died most of what God has showed him, he's never wrote about it, and he's never preached about it. And he's asked the Lord for decades, can I teach this? Can I preach this? And God says, you can't teach and preach this until the church first begins to practice what I told them years ago. But because the church was not doing what he already revealed to them to do, God was withholding Brother Hagin from sharing much, much more that God has told him and showed him during his 21 visions personally with Jesus Christ. The good news is we have a library here. You guys seen our library? Right now, we don't have a system to check out, so you can't check it out, but you can use it here. If you have free time, just come by. You know, on Sundays, you can hang out here, whatever, enjoy the AC. And we have a library here of Christian books. A lot of these things were donated by Kenneth Hagin's Bible School on the anointing, gifts of the Spirit, spiritual authority, triumphant church. You can take these books, you can read them, and just put them back here for you to be blessed and grow in. Amen. Here's some other good books here, little good books on faith, walking by faith, healing, uh, the Holy Spirit, all books that I studied in seminary, in Bible college. You have it right here in your own church. Amen? So God told Brother Hagin, I can't allow you to preach and teach what I've showed you because the church has to first do what I've already told them to do. Once they're doing that, then I'll give you step two. So God forms things in your life, but until you establish them, you can't call to him for greater mysteries. Jesus himself said, there's many things that I can't tell you. The apostle Paul says, I have to give you milk and I can't give you meat. Let's look at that here at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. He says, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk. Now, Paul is somebody that has been caught up to heaven. He's been caught up to the third heaven. He's seen mysteries that are unlawful for him to speak on the earth. Things that, that, that are so holy that his human lips cannot say and speak. And he says, all this revelation, matter of fact, Paul has so much revelation that a messenger of Satan had to come 
and buffet Paul to keep him humble. That's how much revelation he had. Some people think that the messenger of Satan was his uh, sexual addiction. Some people say it was the blindness of eyes. Some people say it was a sickness or disease. That's all wrong. And there's so much theology. If you have the title deed in the natural, it means you own the substance. So Hebrews 1 says if you have the title deed, if you own it in faith, if you own it in your spirit man, you already own the substance. Call now and get Joseph Castillo's Blessings and Curses CD series, which includes almost six hours of in-depth Bible teaching and inspirational preaching on how to identify curses in your family, how to release the blessing of God, canceling genetic curses. This is an exclusive offer for our Living Proof audience. Yours for a donation of only $49. Shipping and handling are included. In addition, order and we will throw in a free USB thumb drive for your computer along with your CD set. But there's so much false theology about what Paul's messenger of Satan was, what the weakness was. And it's very clear. It's not a mystery. It's not hidden. All throughout the Bible, Paul, Buffett, Buffeting angel, Buffeting messenger, demon, the thing that was his struggle was everywhere he went, he was persecuted. That's what it was, simply was. Everywhere he was, he was bitten by a snake. He was shipwrecked. He was persecuted. He was stoned. He was flogged. That was the messenger of Satan that followed him. And he asked God to remove the persecution. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. It wasn't some sin in his life, secret sin, that God wouldn't remove. It was the messenger of Satan. It was the buffeting. It was the attacking that he went to everywhere he went. Amen. So this man that was, had revelation beyond measure said, I have to give you milk and not meat. For hitherto you're not able to bear it. Neither yet are you now able, for you are yet carnal. There are different levels of discussions that I have. When I'm with Bishop Malumba, Bishop Cheeto, Pastor Kirk, Alex, we revelate together. We get into deep things that we will never have, maybe not never, but in the past, we've never had these discussions that I have when I'm with Bishop Cheeto, that I have when I'm with Kirk. We've never had those discussions. We're, we, we just talk on a different level. There's conversations I have with the elders that I don't have with the deacons. And there's conversations that I have with the deacons that I don't have with the lay leaders. And there's conversations with the lay leaders that I don't have with the members. And then there's conversations with the members that I don't have with the visitors. Am I right? I, we have to communicate on the, the different levels that we're at. Mark chapter 4 verse 11 says this. And he said to them, this is Jesus, unto you, say to me, it is given to know the mystery. 
He's talking to his disciples. Jesus was preaching to thousands of people, but to only 12, he said, to you is given to know the mystery. He said to them, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. The good news is it's still done. Isn't that a blessing? That God is still talking to the carnal, to the ignorant, to the sinner, to the lost, to the spiritually dumb. God is still talking. But he's talking in parables. That, but it's the mercy of God that he's still talking. I just saw this revelation three, four weeks ago. Because the more you had, the more God gives. And I got this revelation that God is still talking to the ignorant. He's still talking to them because he loves them. But he has to do it in parables, amen. So there's certain things that God doesn't even speak to us until we attain a certain level of understanding and revelation. Hallelujah. So if you find yourself to be without deep revelations and deep mysteries of God, the good news is God is still talking to you. And the Lord told me the reason he talks to us in dreams in parables in dreams, I was riding my car, and then the car grew wings, and then it flew into the sky, and I was going to, you know, the over the waterfall, and then there were all these fishes, and you ever hear people that dreams like, like, what the heck? You... Those are called parables. God is speaking to them, but because of their spiritual depth and knowledge of the revelations and the mysteries he has to speak to them in parables do you see that so the good news is if god is speaking to you in parables it's an invitation to communicate with you so now you're having a a weird dream you know it's from god you have to understand that god is still trying to speak to you To me, God doesn't speak to me in parables. He doesn't give me strange dreams. He just speaks to me through revelation in the word because I'm at that level. But to others, he might speak in crazy, strange dreams because he's still trying to talk to you even though you're not at that level. But he's still trying to talk to you. So what do you do if you find yourself in that place that God has to talk to in dreams and parables? Well, find what he's saying. Meditate upon what he's saying. Discern his voice. And then when you get it, more will be given. Amen. I'm preaching better than you're shouting today. If God allowed too much truth to be downloaded to you, at one time, you would literally lose your mind. I heard Brother Kenneth Copeland teach on this. He said that if God were just to give you too much revelation too fast, you would end up in the mental ward. You'd blow your mind. You'd short circuit. You see, most people in the mental ward are talking about God. You guys ever visited a mental ward? Most mental wards you go, they're like, oh, my name is Jesus. I am Moses. I'm the prophet, you know, prophet Elijah. Most people in the mental ward are religiously nuts. 
Isn't that interesting? If you get too much revelation beyond your time, beyond your ability to contain it, you'll lose your mind. You'd implode. There were times where people encountered God and they just went faint. Felt like a dead man on the floor. What happened? Their body short-circuited. They received too much of God's spirit, too much of God's touch at once and the whole body shut down. They hit the floor. And they're down there for two, three hours. Because the human capacity, our physical capacity, can only contain a certain amount. Praise the Lord. I trust you are blessed and encouraged. We have more on this series coming to you next week. So tune in next week and catch the broadcast. Make sure you call and send in a donation. Send in a seed. Support this ministry if it's blessed you in any way. If you think it will bless and encourage others, your financial support is very important. If you go to our website, anifbeijing.com, forward slash store you could get some of our ministry products cds and we'll be offering the dvds of all these sermons coming soon so go visit us online like us on facebook add our youtube channel where you're going to get a bunch of bonus materials everything that you don't see on the show you're going to get that on the youtube channel and of church at youtube and be blessed and encouraged we love you we want to encourage you to re-dig the wells of our fathers and also dig new wells for what god's going to do in our generation.